Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another night of SDGC Super Deluxe Games Cast. Yes, tall vampire lady up in the corner of the screen was on purpose. Uh, I don't ever want anybody to forget that she exists. I feel like her. I feel like her presence is looming over us all uh, constantly, and that brings me comfort. Um, so, so yeah, yeah, tall vampire lady. Yeah, Jeff is like, <laughs> just checking. I'm just checking. You never know. You never know where she's going to pop up next. I don't know why my camera is so goddamn blurry tonight. I have no idea. I spent all this money on this expensive ass new camera. It's the pink lights. Do I need to turn the pink lights on? Is that is, is that going to is that going to fix this? That's not going to no. Well, there's, at any rate, there's no, there's no saving it. I I know. God, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Uh, which is a shame because I'm incredibly good looking and I was hoping everybody could see me in, in crisp, uh, 1080p, but I guess it just wasn't in the cards. So at any rate, uh, hope everybody is having uh, as good of a week as you possibly can, uh, in these very trying times. Um, a lot of crappy, a lot of crappy shit going on right now. So all we want is for you to sit down with us for an hour and a half and forget about all, all that and talk about video games. Um, and tonight we have, uh, as part of the panel, Justin is here. Hello, sir. Hello. How's it going, John? Mm. I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk about how it's going here in just a second. Um, is everything going okay with you? Okay. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Is everything, is, is is everything going okay with you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Just, I, I didn't get, I didn't get snowed into my job again last night. So, uh, I'm doing okay. Well, I just want to say, Justin, uh, that uh, what you said on Twitter today was very brave and powerful, and I am extremely proud of you. And uh, you know, being honest, you know, being honest with yourself uh, about yourself, uh, and and doing it publicly uh, is incredibly courageous. Um, and I wish I had an iota of the of the moral courage that I think you have. So I appreciate. Just want to let you know, I appreciate you, man. Oh, uh, well, thank you. I don't want to spend too much time talking about that on the show tonight. If if people are curious, they can look yeah. on Twitter and if they want to ask me questions, they can ask me about it. So, And Jeff. Um, oh, do, yeah. just, Justin, did you have something else you want to say? No, sorry. I'm done. Go, oh, okay. go, go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, Justin, you are done. Uh, Jeff, hello. Hi. Yeah, hi. I, I have nothing useful to say. <laughs> I don't know why I'm on this show. <laughs> Brittany, do you have anything use, useful to say? Anything to add? I'm here. Anything, are you that's, here? I mean, are are that, you really that's here? Enough. Yes, that's enough. My mm. presence is here. Ex- ex- I can, are, I can tell we're, we're, all, me? we're all just firing on all cylinders tonight, aren't we? I'm, I, I, <laughs> am, I am. We're all, we're all like half asleep, here, like half paying attention. <laughs> I am in. I am in rough. I was in the middle of tweeting my tweet. Uh, and I was like, oh, oh, it's my turn. <laughs> that is, that is what Brittany just said is probably the most online shit I've ever heard in my life. I was right in the middle of tweeting my tweet. Like that is. <laughs> gotta tweet your tweet. Gotta, you gotta shoot your shot. You gotta, gotta tweet your tweet. my shot. <laughs> you gotta tweet your tweet. Um, so yeah, there's a, there, it's been kind of a busy week, uh, in games. There's a lot to talk about, but I want to start off real quick, uh, by reminding everyone. <laughs> that we are part of the extended but why though family and i want to talk to you real quick uh, about a show they're doing which is or a podcast which is part of the but why though uh podcast network called pixel therapy and uh, pixel therapy brings listeners uh, diverse perspectives on video games culture and current events as well as as well as therapeutic conversations about the emotional impact of games with folks in and outside of the industry new episodes are every other tuesday pixel therapy is part of the but why though podcast network and you can find them at at 
Pixel Therapy Pod on Twitter and at pixeltherapypod.com. Um, so please go check those incredibly kind people out. Uh, as far as everything else goes, we're going to run today's show, uh, our, our Derek-less show, our producer-less show, much as we do uh, every other podcast. We're going to talk about what we've been playing, and then we're going to launch into what has happened in the world of gaming over the past several days. And if you guys don't mind, I would like to start. Yeah, go ahead. If that's okay with you. Please. Okay. All right. So I'm, just, I'm listening very carefully to what it is. You should. You you should. So so I was really it, my fucking camera is pissing me off. I I I just like it's like a splinter in the back of my mind now. I can't, I can't even notice it. I really, oh, it's so. It's, and if it makes you feel better, Twitch will absolutely destroy all the video quality anyway. Eh, that's fine. So a few days ago, I streamed a game called Sweet Home. Now Sweet Home, for anybody who doesn't know. Uh, was published or was uh, was developed and published for the NES by Capcom in 1989. It's considered to be one of the first survival horror games, and this is the game that actually directly led to Resident Evil. Essentially, it's a survival horror uh, JRPG, turn-based, all that good stuff. Um, it was never localized in the United States, and I got my hands on an English translation, and I was really excited to stream this because I'd heard nothing but glowing things about it. And the first, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes were extremely positive. Like, visually, it's one of the best-looking NES games I have ever played. Um, to the point where some of the, like, you know, some of the monster animations and monster uh, monster pixels, uh, you know, for, for the creatures that you fight, looked like they would have been fine in a, in a Super Nintendo game. Like, that's how good parts of the game looked. But it is one of it ended up being one of the most obtuse experiences I have ever had in a game. So much so that I stopped the stream early because I was like, I can't fucking do this anymore. Like, and it really, really gave me a new appreciation for just how far this medium has come. Um, and essentially, it, it's uh, as you're walking around, it's top down, and you have five characters that you can split up into two teams, right? Um, and every character has a special item that you can use in certain situations. Like one character has a lighter. Uh, one character has uh, something called Remedy, because I guess he's a doctor. One character has, uh, you know, a fucking a key that can open various doors. Um, now, you have to split your characters up into two teams. You got a three-person team and a two-person team. The problem, and it's, really, and it's cool in the sense that you can, you, can, you know move those teams around and get different things accomplished and you know uh what things will play in tandem with each other like for example you use the team uh, like you know if the guy with the lighter is on one team use it to burn through a big rope that's blocking your way and then you bring the other guy in and he's got the key and he can lock, unlock the door behind it right here's the problem is that every time you need to use an item you have to uh you have to go into the menu you have to select that character. Then you have to put that character at the front of the party. And then you have to exit that menu and then move that character back or, or up to whatever you want him to do. Go back into the menu, use the item, and then exit. And if there's something that requires a different item right after that, you have to go back into the menu, select that different character, put him as the lead individual of the party, exit the menu, and then use the item. And I was like, fucking wow like holy shit and this game has a difficulty spike that it's the kind of difficulty spike that 
so I'm wandering around the house and I'm fighting zombies and shit. And it's super easy, right? It's super fucking easy. I'm fighting ghosts. And then maybe, I don't know, 45 minutes into the game, after I'm just rolling over fucking ghosts and like creepy dolls that are walking around, I run into this uh, half-eaten torso on the ground and it proceeds to wipe my entire party um, out of fucking nowhere in the same... And it takes you all the way back to the beginning of the game. And Did it even have arms? No, it had what arms. Did, what did it do to you? It had so it would grab me and then swipe and then poison me and all my characters were doing one hit point worth of damage, and and like the it is the and like it is obtuse for Nintendo games like it's obtuse for early NES games like it do, like you can pick up weapons and equip them but the game doesn't tell you how so I'm like fiddle farting around for ten minutes looking like a fucking idiot trying to equip this knife it's called a fruit knife that I found on the ground. I'm just walking around it, like slapping the controller on the, on the, on my desk. Like, what the fuck is going on? How do I equip this shit? And then I realize this is just extra funny. Cause I can actually picture you just playing this. Oh dude, game. dude, <laughs> try to figure out how to use your fruit knife. Dude, Fucking fruit knife. Dude, this <laughs> is how you, this is how you pick up items. This is how you pick up items. You go into the menu, you select a blank spot in somebody's uh, inventory. You hit the a button and then you pick up the weapon, and then you pick up the item, right? Like, you can't just pick up, a, it like, that would make it too fucking easy to just hit a button and pick up the, pick up the item, right? And it, 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 I can definitely see where this game had some great fucking ideas. I don't understand all the universal praise for it, because the very thought of playing that shit again, it makes me want to fucking put my head, it makes me want to close my head in a car door over and over and over. So when's the next stream? Uh, next week, <laughs> uh, next Friday, probably at around nine p.m. Okay. Brittany is putting trash in tweet in in the chat. I don't know what you're. I don't know. What I you're was. Talking about. I, I had that typed out like two minutes ago, and I deleted it. I was like, ah, Je- <laughs> I'm gonna leave this alone. <laughs> Jeff Jeff is a Jeff is a smart man, but other than that, I've just been playing the new Final Fantasy 14 content, um, and it's great. I'm, okay, I'm no wor- working on my new uh working on my new resistance weapons. Uh, the chat's already picking up on the Final Fantasy VI slander. Announcement uh, event very soon. Uh tomorrow actually. Is that tomorrow? It's tomorrow. I thought it was the 13th. No, tomorrow at uh 8:30 p.m. Eastern Standard what? Time. I can't fucking wait. Wait, what is it? Are you for real? The revealing the revealing the next Final Fantasy 14 expansion tomorrow. Are they? Yes. Oh, fuck, it is tomorrow. Yeah, it's I tomorrow. I fucking know that. What? Yeah. I thought it was next week. Brittany, Holy how do you shit. how do you not know that? I don't know. I haven't really been around lately, so I have no fucking idea. That surprises me that you don't know. That that surprises me. You are not a true Final Fantasy fan. Wow. I think we can... First off, I don't have the mindset <laughs> to deal with this shit right now. <laughs> Brittany, that is that's I just the right answer. I don't have the mindset to deal with this shit. That is that is that is the proper answer. Brittany's like, I've had a rough week. And John's like, I'm surprised how stupid you are. <laughs> <laughs> Brittany, explain this shit to me. Speaking of speaking of uh, speaking of Brittany, Brittany, what have you been playing recently? Oh, dumb. Don't ask me. That. All I've been playing is fucking World of Warcraft. That's it. Next, move on. What? What, you, what have you been playing, Justin? Brittany is not fucking around tonight. So, uh, <laughs> I've been I've been kind of playing a bunch of stuff lately. Uh, I finished Thirteen Sentinels, which I adored. I won't go into too much detail about that. Uh, Derek and I are going to be recording some stuff, going real in depth about that game. I loved it. So, wait. Uh, you know, watch out for that when we get that up. Um, I also started Bug Snacks, which I, 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 I played a couple hours of it, and I, I, I enjoyed it so far. Um, 
it, it, it's really nice. I like I like doing favors for all the little grumpuses and getting like to know eating. them and stuff. The grump. I'm sorry. What are they called? Grumpuses. Grumpuses. Yeah, grumpuses. Who's your favorite bug snack? Is that what? The, I don't know. Uh, so I mean, I haven't seen too many yet. Uh, I really do like uh bunger. Bunger is that the burger Bun- that like? I swear that, to like, God. I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say bunghole. No, that wasn't what I was gonna say. I legit I'm, thought that's what was coming out of your I, mouth. I'm talking about a creature that has a bun. <laughs> uh, uh, so I, I've enjoyed the little bit I've played of that. Um, I also uh, there were PS5 updates for God of War and Control. <gasps> right? Yeah, um, I got that 4K 60 frames update. So right? I um I booted up God of War for. Planned to just play a little bit last night, and I played a couple hours, and I went back to it today. Uh, that update looked really good, and that game's just really Everybody, good. Everybody's screenshots have just been, like, so beautiful. Um, and then I'm also excited to... Like, those, God of War and Control are my consecu- are consecutive game of the years for me. So I'm probably going to end up replaying them both. Um, these up- The updates they did are really great. And I'm very happy... I. If you remember, um, I was very upset at the complete lack of an upgrade path for people that bought Control and I do the remember season that. pass. I do remember that. Uh, but it's free on PlayStation Plus this month with the, with the PS5 update. So I got my <laughs> I got my update without having to pay 505 money. So that that's fun. Um, I actually I planned on checking it out by now, but I haven't checked it out. But I've heard very good things from people, so I'm looking forward to jumping back into that. So. I'm just going to probably hop between Control, God of War, and um, Bug Snack for the time being. I just need to drag 505 for that. Like, they, they put the game on sale, like, two weeks ago, <laughs> and we're like, hey, this is be, like, you know, great chance to grab it in, just in time for the PS5 update, and then right after the sale ended, then they're like, oh, it'll be free. Oh, yeah, uh, I also I also tried out uh, Destruction All-Stars. Um, I. I'm not sure how to play that game, uh, so I don't have very many. I don't uh, even really know what the hell that is. I, I, I grouped up with a couple people. Justin, that was the cutest fucking review of a game I've ever heard. <laughs> um, yeah, it it doesn't explain too much, and it's kind of hard to figure out in the middle of a match. Um, so, like, you can be on foot or mostly in cars, and you ram other cars and wreck other cars to get points, but like. The more straightforward game modes, you can only like solo queue. You can't queue with a person, with or with um with a party. So me me and um I was I was playing with Sam Samuel Tolbert uh from Windows Central and uh, Zach, former SDGC member, and we uh we tried a few games, but we were having connection issues and were kind of confused <laughs> about how to play. So it didn't go great. Like I don't think the game's bad by any means i just think it doesn't communicate stuff all that well it definitely needs some work but i i hope they uh i hope they they take some of the feedback because i i could see it being a fun game to jump into from time to time it's just right now it's just hard to figure out how to how to actually play it yeah i i i know very little about this game um I and it honestly, which it, that's fine with me. It like from what I do know about it, this doesn't seem like it would be anywhere near up my alley. Um, I have noticed uh, that it's been get. I w- I won't say like 
mediocre reviews, but it's been like, you know, people like, you know, general consensus, uh, general consensus seems to be it's fine. Um, is it yeah, something that's that, kind of, yeah, that's kind of the thing that like I've heard from people I've talked to is like, I haven't heard anybody really say that it's bad, but everybody's just like, it's fine or it might not be my thing, but I right. haven't seen too many people too into it. So we'll see, we'll see where it goes in the next couple months. It's free this month and next month um on ps5 if you have playstation plus so um i'm hoping i like i i want to actually learn it a little bit better so i can i can give it a proper chance because right now i just i can't really weigh in too in depth on it and uh jeff did you have anything else that you wanted to mention um regarding like what i've been playing yes um we are all here tonight (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's it's been a week guys. it sounded like i like the implication was that i already talked and that do i have anything further to add um, so I, I i worded that weird i'm sorry look it's look i'm tired no, too okay it's not working uh yeah i don't know it's i mentioned it last time i, I try not to bring extra final fantasy content to this podcast no don't by all means jeff please covered. tonight uh, is the night and you know i kind of i talked a lot about 15 last week because i've been playing that again uh and yeah i you know i i do quite enjoy the uh open world part of that um up till chapter nine despite its its problems and despite cindy um and then i got to altitia and i was like oh yeah i remember what's coming now so i <laughs> I, I just kind of uh, you know I, I beat it before i'm like yeah i i might come back and finish it up um because i do want to do some more post game stuff that i didn't do last time playing new game plus but, i like uh, this stuff after chapter nine uh, I, I didn't hate it. Like, I, I enjoyed it and finished it last time, but I did think it was kind of a mess, and that's why I was playing it again. I was, you know, I wanted to give it a second chance and and see if it, it kind of hit any better for me this time. But, yeah, I just fired it up yesterday, and I was like, I don't feel like doing this. So I'm playing Final Fantasy X again now. Well, that's a shame. Uh, literally, because... the, only, the only games I have installed on my PS5 right now are Final Fantasy X, uh, 15, Final Fantasy VII, and Final Fantasy XIV. So... That's a lot like, of Final Fantasy, Jeff. That, that's a that, lot. That, that's a lot of good ass content. That's some. That's some good shit right there. Minus fifteen. That's a lot of good hey, ass. Content. Look, which is weird that you would say that, Brittany, because Final Fantasy fifteen is actually one of the best games in the franchise. Very strange that you would say that. It is um, not strange oh. that you are saying that, and you are a man. But I, I'm. I'm gonna let it pass. Ooh, Go ahead. Okay. Ooh. And all, all I'm saying is that, is that I, while I will, I will fully admit that game does not handle certain female characters well. <coughs> Ludafreya. Cindy, um, and I will say that uh, Aranea absolutely should have been a party member. Like, Arnett, yep. no doubt about it. Arabea, no Arabea, no, and uh, and she and she was she was the best thing about Prompto's DLC, the best thing. Like, see, that, that's the thing about fifteen is I platinumed it, I hundred percent it, I. I did everything in that game, and then after I beat it, I had no desire to go back and play the DLC. I started Gladios, and then I was like, you know I, what? Gladios I is the worst Gladios, one. And I, it was not good, and I'm like, I'm not playing anymore. Gladios was yeah. the worst. I, Ignis, I, which, which, Ignis is really good. Because he was my good. favorite character, so I think that's why I just kind of like, boop, you, you You really should go back and play um, uh, Prompto and, and Ignis. Ignis's DLC is awesome. Ooh, I heard Ignis's is really good. It is really, yeah. It's one of the, is one of the best portions of the game, to be honest with you. Um, and you actually get some story, uh, like a lot of Prompto's, uh, story background in his, uh, DLC. 
Um, which is like, you know, as much as I, lo- I love the game, I'm like, why wasn't this stuff in the game? <laughs> you know, like, why why wasn't it I there? I mean, there's a lot of things you can ask that about Psh, Final that's Fantasy XV for. That's true. Um, yeah, I... Fifteen's a weird one for me because I really like. It's one of those games that I really, really like in the moment of yeah. playing it. Yeah, I. But like, uh, I yeah. also agree, and like, I really enjoyed it all the way up into the end while I was playing it. But like, I also kind of agree with almost every complaint about the game. Yeah. But I'm like, I know that. they've patched a lot of stuff. I didn't play any of the DLC. I played this all right at launch, so I do have it downloaded on my PS5 to give another go because i've heard you know the patches and the dlc and stuff like that really did make a difference so i kind of want to um give it another shot well as far as uh, as far as topics gonna okay. uh, jeff what's that no i was i was just gonna add to that like at least from what i played the dlc doesn't really fix like the patches the stuff they add is kind of superficial like the main problem with the game is like the narrative the storytelling like it's funny i did a couple of the uh um like uh, they have like in-game events from other games, like cross promotions. So they had one from Terra Wars, uh, and then they had a Final Fantasy fourteen quest, which is actually fucking awesome. I see, yeah, I saw was, your little clip of that. That quest was hilarious. But the funny thing is, this like the, the storytelling in these random cross promotion quests is better than the main game. Like <laughs> the cutscenes <laughs> actually flow, the dialogue they're better written. It's super weird. Like the cup noodle. The game's biggest problem is like it just it feels like half the game is missing. Probably because it is like you guys are talking about Aranea uh, or what, however you pronounce her name. She's just like again, you know, maybe if I play a bit further, she's just such a weird character. She shows up for like two seconds and you fight her. And then all of a sudden she's helping you. And the game just like doesn't ever really explain anything like things. I would, I would, I would, I would fundamentally disagree with that. But, but if we, if we start going down this rabbit hole, we're going to be talking about this all night long. Anyways, I wanted to actually talk about Final Fantasy 10 because I was just saying I I did. No, no, please. No, 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 no. I do now. Yes, Jeff, I do want you to talk about that. Um, you know, yeah, it's, so I played, I have a bad fucking history with Final Fantasy games. I did eventually finish seven, but um, I always bought the cheap ass memory cards for the PS1, the knockoff, like the Mad Cats or whatever. Uh, and I got to the I got to disc three on FF7 twice, and both times my save got corrupted. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> so it actually took me like three or four times playing that game to, to finish it. And the same shit happened to me with Final Fantasy X on PS2. So I've never actually beaten it, but I think I've like kind of had it spoiled for me. I don't want to say it on here, but I kind of like, heard some things because it's been about 10 about 10 yeah like i heard something about you know just kind of like the nature of the the circumstance i don't know anyway so i I think it might have been spoiled for me but my memory on it's pretty hazy so i'm uh i'm hoping to at least make it through this time and kind of see it uh, see it to the ending but no it's i'm playing it on my ps5 which i guess is the ps4 version but i i'm shocked at how good it looks still um no that game cleans up really well that game cleans up really well the textures like i mean obviously it's dated the npc models look like they you'd expect from a first attempt at a ps2 right. fantasy but the the textures the the art design the environments the soundtrack is still really really good they've got the new arranged soundtrack on there um and the battle system is really fun i think uh i i think i'm better at games now than i was before then like i tend to just uh mash and like power my way through these kind of games i'm not good at strategy and like matching up the different types of status ailments and things like that my brain just isn't smart enough for that but um i find this time around swapping characters in and out of battle like continuously 
uh, depending on the different enemies is like actually really fun. And I kind of forgot about that part of it. Well, plus Final um, Fantasy X has such a unique setting, right? Like they, it really leans into that Asian Pacific uh, theme. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not something, <coughs> excuse me, it's not something that you find in many Final Fantasy, like every Final Fantasy game takes thematic elements from a different culture, but, but those elements are usually subtle and underplayed a bit. And they really leaned into the Pacific Asian vibe in Final Fantasy X. And it's one of my favorite things about the game because you don't see a setting like that in many, in, in many JRPGs. And, and it's just, it's so, it's so refreshing to see a game take something, t- take something like that and, 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 and apply it to the entire game. That's something I definitely appreciated about X. My favorite thing about Ten was it it dealt with religion and mm. racism yeah. in a very uh good way because you have these characters that you know are grow up i mean i'm not I'm not gonna spoil it for you, but basically the the religion that you're following isn't great, and you know it, it's it's interesting to see these characters who are on your team go through the loss of their faith. And coming to terms with what things really are, and then coming to terms with the racism and and just being a piece of shit. Um, so, I I think when people disregard ten because of Titus or Titus or whatever, I think they're missing the bigger picture of the game, and that is the message of ten is so much more important, I think, than any Final Fantasy out there. Can we never say Titus again on this? No, that's on his this. name. It's Titus. It, I, it's Titus. I, it's Titus. No, technically, Je- so te- so Jeff Square insists that it's Titus, uh, but it's Titus. Yeah, well, I'm they, sorry. They insist that it's Aerith, and I, I'm still calling her Aerith, so I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I do too. But I like that out of that whole spiel that I did, that's what you fucking chose to talk about. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm gonna be th- uh, no, I I really appreciate it, Brit. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to like just be. I tend to I, I tend to miss a lot of some of the more subtle stuff like that, and just focus on like the like oh bad guy, good guy, and things. So I'm definitely gonna pay attention to some of that subtext. Well, uh, ten like is that. just a very colorful game all around, but the story mm-hmm. is so fucking depressing. It has one of the most depressing stories I think in any video oh, game. Well, yeah, it's bummer. pretty. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. This 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 game. And, I mean. That's not a spoiler. At the beginning of the game, you fucking dance mm. for a funeral because a town gets True. destroyed. Like, yeah. So w- what I will say is that, um, that we can all agree, right? That Lulu, Lulu's design was Nomura at his absolute peak. Like, I love like, Lulu, man. Like she has a dress literally made out of belts. She really like, does. She really and and, what, and okay. One does. of my one one of my friends actually made a belt. A belt dress. A belt dress? Uh, because of Lulu. That's yeah. awesome. Wow. Do you have a picture of it? I'd like to see that. <laughs> uh, no, it, it, was, it, was, it was back in high school. But yeah, she, she actually made the, the belt dress. It was really cool, actually. That's wild. All right. Okay, so we, we do have topics. Although I, I love uh, spending 30 minutes talking about Final Fantasy uh, on this podcast. Believe me. We do have a few other... We do have some topics that we wanted to talk about tonight. And we're going to lead off, I think with uh google stadia <laughs> um so uh, yeah this is this is google this messia, is right am i right this is this is definitely a topic so 
So, so Stadia launched in late 2019 as a streaming platform, right? We all know that, I mean, everybody just naturally assumed that this was going to have a long and fruitful life because we know that Google spends a lot of time and effort into supporting their their peripherals and their their platforms. Um, you know, we all know how much long-term support uh, Google Glass got. Uh, I have, I have three pairs. I have my Google glasses right over here. Like, and, and they're still supported to this day. It's, I love them. I use them all the time because Google supports them. And, and so in a stunning turn of events, I'm shocked that we learned this week that Stadia is shutting down their internal studios. It's, it's so unlike Google to just abandon a product, to, to abandon a platform. I personally am stunned by this. Um, and they're completely changing their business focus for Stadia. Uh, and you know, there's been a lot of joking about, oh, I told you so, I told you so, yeah, yeah. And, and like all joking aside, we all kind of saw this coming, right? But I feel like what people were not talking about was the fact that 150 developers are not out of a job uh, after a little over a year. And it just, it feels like Google used them to start a platform that they knew they weren't, that, that they knew they were going to pivot on. Uh, at some point and just kind of tossed them when they were done. Um, and there's, there's, there's a lot to unpack about this, about the stadia stuff. Um, who wants to, uh, who wants to kick it off? Who wants to, uh, who wants to open this can of worms? I think the shittiest thing, sorry, my ring light is dying. Uh, I think the shittiest thing is that I don't, really feel like they gave it too much of a chance like especially during 2020 like that was kind of a a weird year for gaming in general right and to just the year after that just to be like "Mm, no this isn't working we're done like it's weird to see them not put effort into such a lucrative industry like they could definitely they could do it if they want their fucking google but the fact that they just gave up is wild to me and put people out of a job during a pandemic is wild to me like the the frustrating thing to me is i mean games games are hard to make and sometimes things just don't work out and um you sometimes you especially when you put new studios together you can take a bunch of talent but it's not always going to come together well and it's not always going to result in a good product but the frustrating thing about this is as far as I'm aware, they didn't even get to announce a game. They didn't even get to show a game. Um, And it seems like it was just uh, the mismanagement of the product itself from the half-ass launch. The product is basically still in beta. It still doesn't have half the features or support that they promised. Right. And it seems like that, you know, so as a result of that, um, people didn't buy in. This it's kind of just been a joke uh, to to most of the the online community. Well, like nobody's really taken Stadia seriously, so now they have to pull the plug. Um, but it just sucks that the developers working really hard to make some awesome games are the ones that uh, are paying the price for Google basically just uh, farting this thing out two years too early and not really uh, supporting it. Well, and and here's the crazy thing about all this, right? Is that I'm not sure if you guys were aware of this, but apparently Stadia, like Stadia is the platform that ran Cyberpunk the best. Like apparently Cyberpunk ran almost flawlessly on Stadia. And yeah, somebody somebody in chat literally just said just just said the same thing. Like this was the one platform that ran that could actually run Cyberpunk in a mostly playable state. Um we also know uh that Google is going to close its two game studios located in Montreal and Los Angeles. Neither one had released any games yet, as as Jeff had had alluded to. 
Um, the company did say that they were going to tr try to find the developers' other roles at Google. I I would not bet on that actually happening. Um, I I would I, the, honestly those developers the the thing. Sorry, sorry for jumping in, but I I just while I'm just on that note, Montreal and LA right now are hiring a lot of studios are hiring a lot of people. Google. The the thing that's also wild is that Google hired a lot of really experienced, high talent people for these studios. Um, I do not expect them to stay at Google, but I do think there are a lot of studios that are going to swoop in and grab these people. I do not think they're going to be out of a job for a long, a long time. I think um, that's the one optimistic thing about this, and I think they'll probably end up somewhere that'll actually let them release a game. Well, and it's like, you know, like, I want to just, like, grab them by their lapels and scream, hey, Google, you know, you need to fucking, I mean, like, like if you want a successful platform, you need first-party game. Oh, Jesus Christ. Did you guys hear that? No. No. I, my fucking, my, my Google Home started talking to me. <laughs> oh, because you said Google so yeah, many times? Yeah. <laughs> it said, it, it said, I'm sorry, I don't understand. <laughs> Like fuck you, Google. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, it's on point. Yeah. Somebody was coming with a knife, like just <laughs> <laughs> fucking, oh, fucking Google scared the shit. At first, I thought it was Justin coming out of like, cause Google Home and Justin sound very similar. I've just now learned, and so I thought, I thought it was Justin. Do, do they? They do. do. The words yeah. Google Home and Justin. No, no, no. Your sound voice. Very no, similar. your voice. Your voice. Your voice sounds very similar to the voice that comes out of Google Home. And I thought it was you for okay. a minute saying, I don't understand. I'm like, Justin, how are you talking to me with two different voices? That doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> like it was, I was very confused for a second. Um, but, but so I, but I completely lost my train of thought now, but. Okay. So I, I yeah, got, please I got somebody pick it up. I'm all fucked up because of Google Home okay. now. So the other thing that kind of um, baffles me about this is like, is that they're closing these studios not just before they announce or release a game, but before they even have kind of pivoted their business model. Because one of the things that people have criticized Stadia for the most is the business model of it being, you know, if you want the 4K stream, you have to pay a subscription fee, but then you're still buying individual games at full price um, that are only playable on Stadia as a platform. And like... I thought for sure I thought for sure before you know we saw this step they would you know pivot to a subscription service um or something like that or maybe find a way so that you know stuff running off of Stadia doesn't need to be like a native Stadia port maybe it could run you know more standard PC ports or something um like there's other hurdles that people have criticized with Stadia that I think if Google could have gotten past you know maybe they could have found you know some market for this and then they just jumped all the way to we're dropping first party studio. Well, um, and, and I think I, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Jeff, Justin go ahead, bud. Said, no, I was gonna say Justin said exactly what I was gonna say and have been saying. Like uh, people, you know, some people in chat, other people pointed out, you know, State has a lot of problems. There was the weird controller stuff at launch. Um, the fact that it's essentially its own platform. It's not really running the same version of games as other ones. It's they have to be basically get a port to the Stadia platform. Um, some of the tech issues and stuff like that. But although I do think uh, the tech is the tech behind it is really promising if they had actually stuck with it and um, and kept 
kept working on it because the idea of playing 4K ga- games at 60 FPS uh, on just like your Chromecast TV or in a Chrome browser is very, very cool. But none of that stuff matters, whether it's good or bad, because like Justin said, like, there's no audience for this, right? Like who, nobody wants to pay, I'm in Canada, so nobody wants to pay $90 for a copy of a game they can only play on Stadia, um, especially if they already own it on other platforms. Like who, and then the people that don't own consoles aren't going to want to do that. The people that do own consoles aren't going to want to do, like, I don't. It just feels like there was never any market for this. Well, and so here's- yeah, it's it's one of those things that is a solution without a problem. Um, like the the idea behind a lot of these streaming services is that people aren't willing to buy gaming hardware, and the past few years have made it very clear that people are willing to spend money yeah. for hardware on games. Um, and I think all of these the streaming services, yeah, you know, yeah, last few months have yeah. been wild, like. Um, like people aren't opposed to buying the hardware. So they're trying to appeal to a market that doesn't exist. There isn't people that are like, oh, I kind of wish I could play these big AAA games, but I don't want to buy a PlayStation or an Xbox or, you know, get the components I need for my computer. Um, like there's that, there's that no in between market where buying the console is the barrier. Um, Microsoft's got it smart with like xCloud yeah. because it's they, they've treated it as like a complimentary service just like they do with everything it's like you could play it on your xbox and you could play our games on your pc and everything syncs with the cloud right. and all your progress back and forth and then they just extend that to xCloud it's like or if you're not if you don't have access to your xbox you don't have access to your computer you're on vacation you can just boot up your phone and play forza on xCloud and everything comes over and it's bundled in with game pass an existing service like that makes sense so that and, and sense. exactly and well and that's what i was going to touch on is that this is something that i said back in late 2019 after after stadia launched and i know it's something a lot of people said is that there is nothing stadia was doing that xcloud wasn't doing better in my opinion mm-hmm. like like not a single thing xcloud is such a better deal than stadia could ever hope to be and although although this from what i hear from most people i don't have hands-on experience with both of them but like it sounds like stadia is the best in terms of streaming quality response time and all of that between the streaming services they just did they they had the technology but they did not have the library and they gave up on trying to have a library or business model that made sense i suspect so so i know that google has google is like pivoting uh their their streaming tech to to publishers right so which opened up the possibility for stadia to become the streaming tech for other video game companies um i suspect that was the real end goal all along um and i i don't think google actually exp- i don't think google went into this expecting to become a a, a bona fide competitor to sony and microsoft i just i don't believe that for a second um, oh, I think they did. They're Google. I don't. They've, I don't. Like, I mean, it, we're probably also going to touch on this, but I've been saying from the beginning that Google and Amazon are going to learn that they can't just Google and Amazon their way into the game industry. Um, speaking of doing things in the gaming industry, it's, can we it's just, pretty clear that it's not working for either of them so far. Can we point out the fact that everything Phil Harrison touches turns to dust? 
and and blows oh my god (laughs) i wish i wish i could be as bad at my job as he is at every single executive position he's had and actually get to keep the job has he actually had a success like like what has he actually done like i I, I, you know, yeah, there have been a few people on Twitter talking about, uh, talking about Phil Harrison and and how everything he touches just shrivels up and 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 becomes a tumbleweed and blows away into the void. Um, the Thanos of executives, as somebody in chat said. But yeah, no, I can't name a single, I can't name a single win that Phil Harrison has had. We've actually got a quote from him here uh, when he says. We see an important opportunity to work with partners seeking a gaming solution, all built on Stadia's advanced technical infrastructure and platform tools. We believe this is the best path to building Stadia into a long-term sustainable business that helps grow the industry. Um, And that right there, like that statement kind of solidifies for me that the real, the real intent behind Stadia was to become um the primary like the stream like the primary means of streaming tech for developers uh and and other video game uh based companies like that i i think i think the past year was more or less like you know like jeff said stadia never really left beta and i think the, i think the beta was for it was for that exact purpose to to lead them to try to get a foothold as streaming tech i think that's more important to google i think it always was more important to google um, I don't necessarily, I don't think, and for that reason, I don't think Stadia is going away as a, as a, as, as an entity, as a thing that exists. I do wonder what that subscription service is going to look like in six months. Um, because if they are going to be make, because I mean, look, it's not very popular. It didn't take off as a platform. Um, it, it, it didn't. And I know, I know a friend, so I know friends, I, I won't name them, but like who work at 2k and they would look at the stats of their games being played on stadia. And they were like, if we got lucky, it was in the triple digits. If we got lucky, like, wow. like, like there is, there was nobody playing on stadia. And if they're, if they're, if their plan to become the primary streaming tech for multiple developers pans out like there's like like it could um what is the point of of maintaining that streaming service if it's costing you more money to maintain it than you're pulling in from it um so so provided their their intent for the platform pans out the way they hope it does i really wonder what that subs uh, what that subscription service looks like six months from now why keep it around if you're just if you're just going to lose money on it and and you've you're making money you're making money hand over fist from this other from this other avenue why would you keep it around i think there's gonna be a lot of pissed off gamers in about six months who bought into stadia and i mean john what? John, a lot of pissed off gamers well, is a pretty is a pretty uh, pretty safe bet. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, that's a, that's a daily thing. But I don't know. Do you guys? I don't know. Do you guys get what I'm kind of what I'm saying here? Yeah, I, like I get what you're saying. I don't know. I I I'm not I'm not good at executive think for like the long term stuff with this sort of thing. So. Mm-hmm. So there was a uh, there was another uh, I'm quoting from uh, the article that Kotaka wrote about this uh, um, just the other day. Uh, 
And the article also says uh, some of the stuff we've already said, but I want to drive it home. Uh, without offering an all-you-can-play service nor offering killer exclusive games, Stadia struggled to get its footing. Meanwhile, Microsoft ramped up its xCloud gaming service as a part of its Game Pass Ultimate Bundle, and Stadia became less and less alluring to the kind of hardcore gamer who can build buzz for a new gaming service. Google seemingly built for the future with the creation of first-party studios and a leadership team consisting of accomplished studio heads and creative directors. But many, but these efforts weren't enough to stave off the fate that many people feared when hearing about this Google initiative that it would lose support from within before it got ample time to realize its potential. And with that, you have to wonder what Jade Raymond is thinking right now. Like, can Jade Raymond please finish a, like, like, can somebody give her the chance to finish a game? I I mean, she, I mean, her, I mean, Jeff, I think you mentioned it in chat earlier, her and Amy head and Amy Henning have had such a bad string of luck in this industry Mm -hmm. for, it feels like, God, how many years now? I mean, at like, least five, it's, seven. It's, it's been nearly 10 years since either of them have shipped. That's really sad because they're both incredibly talented. <clears throat> and I was, you know, like, we all saw the writing on the wall for Stadia when this thing launched, but I was really hoping that Jade Raymond could get a game out the door or, or find some success with this because she deserves it. She's extremely talented and... You know, you have to wonder, you know, at this point, like, do you, are you demoralized enough to where you just, you know, leave the industry and move on and, and do something else where, where, you know, I don't know, like me personally. I don't know. I, I, I think, I think just from what I know, especially about in LA right now, there's a lot of first party studios that are competing for talent. And I, I think jade raymond might get a really good offer but i hope so who knows i don't i don't want to speculate on individual people's you know career paths so um, but we actually do have I, a statement i am from, hopeful for the I'm, for i didn't mean to cut you off jade are, are, the people that got left let go from google i didn't mean to, sorry justin you were uh, you were you were cutting out for me I, did, I thought you were done i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you oh, off. oh sorry no 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 it's not your fault um but uh there was a um there was a quote from within uh, from within Stadia's first-party operations that said Google was a terrible place to make games. Imagine Amazon, but under-resourced. Like, that's, that's fucking rough. And there's actually a statement from Jade Raymond that I wasn't aware of. Uh, she made a statement to Kotaku about her departure, and she said, I am proud of the team we built at Stadia Games and Entertainment and the groundbreaking work on exclusive games for the platform. It was a difficult decision to take on a new opportunity, and I will be forever grateful to this team for everything we learned and achieved together. That's a nice sentiment. I, I, I hope she, I hope her and everybody who was affected uh, by what happened with Stadia this week finds uh, gainful employment very swiftly. Um, it's just, it's just, it's, it's just, a, it's a rough situation all around. And it makes me even, it makes me even more cynical about Google, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, like, it, I honestly, like, we've got a Google, like, we have Google Home here, and I, I honestly, at this point, am, am waiting for the day uh, they, they stop supporting it, because it just, it just seems to be what they do. Uh, does, anybody, uh, does anybody else have anything they want to mention in regards to uh, Stadia before we move on to another topic? Anybody? Mm-hmm. Justin, what are you pointing at? I'm I'm trying to get Zeke to look at the camera. Oh, okay. I was I thought I thought you were pointing at me. Like, what did I do, dude? Why are you? No, no. I, I'm I'm trying I'm trying to get the kitty to make a guess. guess <laughs> oh, don't, okay. Don't worry well, just about just it. plop him in front of the camera. 
popping from the oh, oh he, he just whipped you in the face with his tail yeah yeah no that's that's how i spend a lot of my time here um you want me to lay out the next topic yeah Don? please yeah jeff please go ahead here. yeah um yes yeah, so we're yeah just uh I, you guys mentioned it like um you know the, these companies try to to google their way into games and it just doesn't work that way and we had a uh uh, another story, um, this article is from Bloomberg, uh, I think last week um, about Amazon and basically just the struggles they've had breaking into the gaming industry. And I mean, there's not anything like super surprising in here. It was just interesting to kind of uh, get kind of a re a renewed peek behind the scenes. Uh, sorry, Justin, go ahead. So there was one quote that I can't get out of my mind after I read it because I did a double take. And... Like, we've heard a lot of stories behind the scenes about, like, toxic work environments and stuff from various developers. And the one thing that, re like, everything else that was in that Amazon article was exactly what I expected. But several women that worked there had said it was the most sexist work environment that they had ever been in. Um, and considering some of the stories about the game industry that we've heard that's rough like yeah that's one of the most terrifying statements i i've ever heard like i'm not even surprised that it's you know tech bro kind of atmosphere at amazon because amazon like but the fact that it's apparently that level of bad compared to like some of the stories that we've heard from other other studios is just wild to me yeah that's that, that was definitely one of the uh one of the, I mean, there was a lot of pro, like disturbing things in that article, and that was uh, one of them. So, I mean, the uh, the gist of it was basically just kind of um, talking about the, uh, I guess that basically that Amazon doesn't understand games, which again, like Justin said, none of this is should really be surprising. Um, the head of Amazon Game Studios is Mike Frazzini, and uh, he started in the book section of Amazon. These are just kind of the, yeah, you guys should all read the article. It's uh, it's a pretty good write up, but um, you know, so he. He got promoted to start the game studio uh, eight years ago and they released like crucible and i think one other and then just canceled a bunch of other games um, and they and unreleased was, both of the games that they, they did released, they by the did way, yeah back into beta uh it's basically just like it's just like a bullet point list of just failures um you know so some of that stuff they they would tell staff that every game they released had to be a billion dollar franchise uh instead of using industry standard development tools they insisted that they build their own proprietary stuff um they hired like a bunch of huge talent uh kim swift who designed portal uh clint hawking from far cry 2 uh, and they formed two game studios in california they got uh one of the guys behind madden which is richard uh hillman and um john smedley who was uh big with online game i think he was with sony for a while um and out of all that talent only smedley's left there and i don't even know what he's working on and then yeah it calls out the bro culture super sexist super toxic um and it said uh it's, all the big focus of the article is that they have a someone running the studio who doesn't understand games and one kind of good example of that is they said uh, frizzini struggled to differentiate between conceptual footage like pre-rendered like footage and <laughs> cg movies and actual live gameplay like he actually didn't understand the difference between like seeing a cutscene and seeing gameplay because he just doesn't understand uh, the technology and like one of, and then the last kind of piece is just talking about like one of their most promising games still coming is new world which is like uh a colonial uh <laughs> murder oh god i remember that holy shit 
and they, they yeah they had to br- like they didn't yeah. believe like all the complaints that people like within the studio were bringing up until they actually brought in some outside people that were just like no this is real real bad why why did they why did they uh essentially unreleased crucible like i know they did was it because it was bad nobody was it because played nobody it and played it was it? bad like both both it both? wasn't yeah it wasn't ready to be released it wasn't good enough and nobody was playing it so like i remember back i remember back in the day when you had uh you know you had you know the big three were sony nintendo and sega Right. Like those were those were the big three competitors and muscling your way into the industry is tough. It's it, it is extremely difficult. <clears throat> um, what's interesting is that, you know, Sony and Microsoft were two companies that that their sole focus was not video games. It was never video games. In fact, Sony still to this day makes more money on insurance than they do uh, from PlayStation. Uh, same thing with Microsoft. Micro, uh, Xbox is far, far, far away from their their anywhere near uh, their their top uh, their top grossing product. Um, and then you have companies like Nintendo who are solely dedicated to video games. So, Sony and Microsoft are two examples of big, you know, big, you know, multinational corporations that actually made it work. That actually were able to get in there, and they both did it with dedicated hardware. Um, Atari tried it with the Lynx. And it also took them a long time. It did. Like it did. Um, like it wasn't just an overnight thing. Right. It, like they both had to invest for a long, long time in order to get it. I mean, like, look at Microsoft and their first party efforts. It wasn't until their recent real buying spree that they even had a lot of studios that yeah. were like ready to make these huge games. And like some of Sony studios literally took decades before they started making, um, you know, these huge hits that they've made the past few years. Well, it, like it takes a long, long time and a lot of chances and a lot of failures that Google and Amazon are not willing to well, to do. Somebody, you know, I had this conversation with somebody uh, a couple weeks ago, and they used a really smart analogy that i'm that 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 i will repeat here i was struck by how by how similar it was they compared sony and microsoft to the mcu and they compared companies like google and amazon to the dc universe and they said they said the reason i say that is because sony microsoft took their time they developed you know they 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 didn't jump into this you know full force they didn't jump in with both feet you know both feet cannonball into the water right out the gate they took time to build up libraries they took time to build up deals they developed their it took them years to to develop those consoles um and then you've got and 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 now they're reaping the successes you know like basically present day uh present day sony and microsoft are essentially you know the avengers movie and then you've got Google and Amazon who rushed out of the gate like DC, you know, they 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 went they reached much farther than they were than they were able to or or tried to stretch themselves too thin and now they're paying the price for it. And I thought that was a pretty smart I thought that was a pretty interesting analogy to use. Jeff, Don, I saw your I saw your hand was up. Yeah, I, I love that you brought that up. I was gonna mention a very similar thing, but from a, a very different perspective. Please. Um and it's 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 what I was thinking is that because uh, you mentioned um, you guys mentioned Justin mentioned Xbox and all their game studios and stuff and yeah like most of them haven't even released a game yet and some of those new studios are going to release a failure before they release a big success but 
one of the best things Xbox has done recently is they put Phil Spencer in charge of their game studios. And uh, that's where I love your comparison because I was, I was thinking that same thing. I think about all the times with movies, Marvel's done well because Kevin Feige, he understands comics, but he also understands movies and he is able to take the best of both of them and marry them in a way that makes sense and that people want to enjoy. Yep. And Phil uh, is very similar in that he gets the business side of things. He's a very smart businessman. He knows what's going to work and what isn't. But he also understands games. He understands what makes a good game and what people really want to play. And that's where these other companies are missing the mark is like Amazon. They put Mike Frazzini in who's from books. And I'm not even sure if he knows anything about books. Like he does not <laughs> know video games and you cannot expect, you know, you can put all the talent in the world, but if the person at the top making the decisions doesn't understand what you're doing, how can you expect to have any kind of success? Yep. yep. What, right. Exactly. So they, they need to, put, you know, what they really needed to do is make Jade Raymond in charge of Amazon game studios um, rather than, you know, just kind of putting her underneath um, someone else who's calling the shots. So that's to me uh, is the, the big difference well, there. But yeah, no, I, I she was in charge at Stadia. No, what, I mean, it was Jade Raymond, but, but I mean, there were, there were, Oh yeah, other, sorry. Yeah. Um, but I mean, but there were other factors. Like I, I clearly get the sense that Google did not give did not give Jade the oh the yeah means no absolutely, or the, absolutely yeah, not like you know because and because again I don't think the intent was ever to make this a viable contender for Sony or or, or Microsoft. I mean, Phil Phil doesn't make you know it's if I think Phil gets credit for some things that weren't really his decision and like it's unrealistic to think he makes every single call in regards to Xbox, but it's clear that he yeah. does have a lot of sway and people respect him and listen to him. And I'm not convinced that Jade got that at Google. Well, I, no, she I, didn't. Oh yeah, I, yeah, absolutely not. Well, and Jeff makes a great point about having people in charge of your, like whatever division it is, you need people who are passionate about it. You need people who understand it. You need people who are emotionally invested in it. And I think a great example of that Jeff is look at who was in charge of Xbox uh, or Xbox gaming before Phil Spencer. It was Don Matrick. And, you know, Don Matrick. <laughs> and Phil Harrison was there too. Yeah, Phil, Phil Harrison, Harrison was, there. was there before too. And, uh. and Don Matrick, I. I will never forget when they were talking about um, when they were talking about backwards compatibility and not leaving the Xbox 360 behind and connectivity. And he said, well, you know, uh, if you want, uh, if you, you know, what do you say? We have a console for you. If you want uh, it, you know, it's the Xbox 360. Um, and then he started talking about nuclear subs and about how, you know, if you're on a nuclear sub, maybe, you know, like it's not going to matter if you're online because you're on a nuclear sub. And I, 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 I'm paraphrasing, but the Xbox gaming division like almost collapsed under the weight of Don Matrick. Um, and then he went off to Zenimax and com almost bankrupted that company and then just fucking wrote off. <laughs> Which the then got bought by Microsoft. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's like, this is why you need people. And the, like, look at Phil Harrison and Stadia now, like, like you need people in charge of these things who are actually invested in somebody in the, somebody in chat mentioned, uh, mentioned Reggie. Reggie grew up playing, playing games. He, like he was a Nintendo guy before he was uh, the executive, before he was in charge of, uh, you know, Nintendo of America. Um, and he knew how to market it. Like he knew how to sell it, you know, like, like Reggie was hilarious. He, he knew what he was doing. 
and he had he had personality, he had character, just like just like Phil Spencer does, uh, just like Shuhei Yoshida did. Um, I think I think Sony uh, kind of moving Shuhei Yoshida to the side is a is a huge mistake. Um, but but you you need and and, and who uh, Jim, what's his name now that replaced him? Um, uh, Jim Ryan. Jim Ryan. That's right. Jim Ryan. We got to th- we got to think about the kids. Uh, you know nobody wants to well, play these I older mean, games. But also, like, well, I mean, the PlayStation guys have always been people that have been with PlayStation since the beginning. Jim Ryan has been there and in charge of PlayStation Europe for a really, really long time. But I don't believe like, he plays games at all. That unfamiliar. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, 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 I don't believe for a minute that Jim Ryan actually sits down and plays any games. I don't believe that for one second. Um, dude looks like he irons his underwear. Like, I just, I can't stand the guy personally. <laughs> but, but, I mean, Listen, I mean he, it's nice and warm. He does. It's nice and warm he when does. you iron it. He does. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I mean, I remember, he was the guy, wasn't he, who he said, we're not going to have cross-play between consoles because we we have to think about the children yeah, he's, and their safety. He, J- Jim is one of those like old style execs that's like always trash what your um what your competition's doing until you do it yourself. Yeah. Like exactly. he's like he he's a he's a lot of bullshit, but like he at least knows PlayStation and has been around it for a, been around it for a long time. But I mean, he just doesn't have an appreciation for it and and it's summed up in the statement nobody wants to play these older games. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. They nostalgia is real, and people will pay good money for that. Yeah, like I mean, I mean, I mean, do you look at the demand for older games, right? Like, and that that's that that's a mindset among executives that I don't understand. Period. Um, is that people don't want to play older games? They very. I mean, look at the way people mod Game Boys. These like people. John, I swear to God, if you burst off okay. your Final Fantasy, I'm John, not. I'm not. I'm restraining though. myself. I'm John, not going to do I, it. I'm, all right. John, I, I'm with you on your people uh, do care about older games crusade. I am not convinced that any significant portion of the population cares about modding GBAs. That is a very, very <laughs> no. I'm just you, so you would be surprised. Okay, don't look. You would, look. I just modded my own GBA for myself the first time. Did it by myself okay. for the first time. Don't, don't, don't knock modded GBAs, man. There, there's a market for no, that. No, they're, they're it's, cool. It's a viable I'm just saying, I don't think, cool, I don't think they're I'm that popular. Sure that I'm gonna say something that's, that, that's a little spicy. I yes. think spice it. John's age gap. They're the ones that mod video games. Like, have you noticed that? Like, it's always the older ones that are like, I've taken this and I've modded. I'm sorry. It. Wait a minute. The older my age gap. The older yeah, ones. Yeah. <laughs> the what? Oh. Okay. All right. First of all, <laughs> listen. Okay. All right. First of all, first of all, here's the thing. Okay. Here's the thing. All right. I'm not that fucking old for one. Okay. 40 is not that fucking old. No, it's, okay? it's not. But two, two, I don't even know what you mean about an age gap because we have friends on Twitter who are in their 20s and 30s who love to mod Game Boys. Okay. They? Yes, they do. Look at Nick. Nick loves his modded Game Boys. Donnie loves his modded consoles. Like it's not. This isn't an old. It's a, it's not like a modded. Like you know, these new video games are a young man's game. Like like that's that's not true. Older. Okay. So you, what you're saying is older people don't have a reason to mod more than younger people. No, not at all. Uh-huh. It's not. No, it's not. No, it's not an age thing. I showed my it's kid. Nothing to do with like you know wanting to recapture that youth. No, I don't. Hey, I don't need to recapture my youth. I'm my not. I'm not some invalid in a home on a cane 
like talking about, you know, like, oh, back that in my not days. at all what I was implying. I would it's walk not. 15 miles through the snow to GameStop to pick up a new Game Boy game. <laughs> like, that's that. I mean, come on. Age gap. Age gap. So something Ridiculous. that I was talking about with other people earlier that's kind of building on this. No, I, I want to focus on this, Justin. Of- no, 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 no. We need to talk about this. We need to talk uh, about okay, this. Okay, never mind. I, that, I, I'm going to go back to just laughing at everybody okay. then. I, okay. I don't have a stake in this. I'm hey, just going to Br- laugh Brittany, at Brittany, don't put your head in your hands. You you did this. You did this. <laughs> and I am sorry. I apologize to everybody watching and listening in the future. You did this. <laughs> Look what Jeff put in chat. He said, playing GBA games is like my dad watching reruns of MASH. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, Jeff? What is that shit? Hey, oh like, I mean, I'm sure MASH was a good show, but only an old person is going to go back what and the watch f- reruns. Jesus that. Christ. You know what? I forget it. We're moving on. You know what? Thank What's you. next? What's next? What's next? I love you all. What's next? Uh... I think we last thing we were gonna talk about they uh, they finally showed us some of that Mass Effect remaster. Mash. Ah, yeah. yeah. Legendary edition. So I don't know. I thought we'd uh, drop some takes on. Can I um? Can I be the first person to drop a take on that? Yes, please. The legendary cash, chef's kiss, beautiful, perfect. Put it in my cart. Go to buy it. Realize it doesn't have the fucking game. I, so I'm paying $150 for a helmet and some posters? It's pulling a, ba- that- it's pulling a yeah. battlefield. Okay, okay, okay. It's pulling a battlefield. Okay. I'm, I'm going to come right out, and I won't defend the price, but I love... Is this the collector's edition? Yeah. I love mm-hmm. collector's editions that don't come with the game. Because... No, no, no. Hear like- me out. Because you, you have the freedom to buy the collector's edition and then buy the physical game or buy the digital game. If the collector's edition doesn't ship in time, you could still preload the digital game and play it the night it's out. No, 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 no. Here's, here's my big complaint with that, which is shady. They show you, they give you a steelbook case and they show it on the promotion, but you don't get a fucking game with it? Like, it's, it's also so that you case. can, yeah. It's, it's also so that, like, the, they, it can be platform agnostic. Like, it's so they don't have to be like, okay, this is a PC version, this is a PlayStation version, this is an Xbox I mean, version. It sucks. Uh, it can just, yeah. It, uh, it, it's, it's, I have very mixed feelings on it. I, how can I you get have it, mixed though. feelings about a collector's edition of a game that doesn't include a game? So, like, like you know. I will I, say they should, they are probably not being as upfront about it as they should, that it doesn't come with the game. Like, that should oh, yeah. be in what, size what I think 48 they, font. What what I think they should do is you get to choose what platform you get a digital code. That's for what I yeah I was going to suggest something similar. You know, like I and you know, Battlefield did the same thing. I think it was Battlefield One did the same thing where they shipped several, the special several edition. games have yeah. done it. It's actually pretty common lately, and it sucks. So so I like it in concept, but I'm not going to die on this hill for EA. I have no doubt it's a cash grab. Like, well, <laughs> and like, fair. and like, you know, I I do get where Jeff is coming from, but I will also say that, like, Brittany, what this thing is like, what 150 bucks, right? I was literally about to drop the cash, and then I saw it didn't come with the game, and I was like, what? So right, so so what, it's a, what am I paying for? So it's 150 bucks, and then you have to go and spend an additional, you know, you know, seventy dollars or sixty dollars on the game itself. 
Mm-hmm. Um, where whereas you know, like I got Resident Evil Two Special Edition with the statue and, and all that stuff in the game, and it was like 120 bucks. The st- and and the statue is great quality. I didn't have to go out and and I, I I get where Jeff is coming from, but but every time this happens, it feels like a shady way to fleece m- more money out of it out was- of gamers. Um. That that's my biggest complaint. Is it shady? Like they show you a copy of the steel book. Like they're like, oh, you know, come grab this. And then it wasn't until people posted on Twitter. Like thank God I. It took me a little bit to catch up on news because I was at work and um, to see everything because I literally had it in my cart. Was getting ready to put the payment information in, and then somebody was like, oh, it doesn't come with the game. And I was like, that's not true. Like it has a steel book. Like. It's going to come with the game. And then, nope, it does not come with the game. So, and... Brittany, let me ask you this. Do you think that it would be better if, and we'll just use you know Mass Effect as an example, do you feel it would be better if they did not include a steelbook, didn't call it like a special edition of the game, and just sold the helmet and shit as like, you know, hey, here's some cool Mass Effect shit. Here's some cool Mass Effect swag if you want it. So it depends. Like, what do you, like, what is the point and and this is what I don't understand. Like, okay, you're going to make an exclusive item that you can only get at launch, right? Like an exclusive statue, helmet, it, Resident Evil 6, they had Leon's jacket. Like, all of these things are exclusive to a launch. But it's to a launch of a game that you're not including. Like, that's what I don't understand. Like, what is the point? At At that point, just say, it, like here we're promoted on your store as like items to buy not like buy it like when you just advertise it as like a launch like it's releasing here pre-order it here like that sounds shady to me like just say like and we've got additional items that you can buy like when you call something a legendary edition of a game you expect to have the game if you want to just say here is some shit you can buy that's different It, it just makes me mad that I, I, this was like a big launch. They had a trailer right. and they were like, pre-order the game now. And it takes you to this page that you can't even actually pre-order the game. It's just, it's stupid to me. I, I so I, you know, a cash grab. I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off to, to, to Jeff or Justin after this, but I, I will say this, the, the wording like legendary edition, like edition implies that this is an actual edition of the game itself. Like, 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 like the game is present, you know, like if you're, and, and I think that's my biggest problem with it is the wording, like, you know, I don't know what the ad looks like. I don't know how small the text that says, you know, game not included is, but people overlook this shit. I mean, they just do. And and when you're labeling something as a legendary, it, like, for example, if I did not know that the game did not come in the steel case, if you tell me. It's actually not called the legendary collection. It's, it's called, called the, the legendary cash. Okay, so but, but the legendary is tied to, like, right. usually there's a legendary edition. Yeah, no, I, I know, but they, they did actually name it something a little bit different well, than, like, I an well, edition. I mean, yeah. that's, so, but but in that case, like, I mean, you know, for all the shit we give Gearbox, they did the, they sold, like, a legendary loot case uh, for Borderlands 2 and 3, and it still had the game in there. Like, I, I mean, I mean, it came with the game. Um, so this to me does come off as pretty disingenuous. Jeff or Justin, go ahead. So yeah, I'm going to talk about the actual games. Yeah, uh, I don't have anything to add on that. I, 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 I don't have anything else to really say about um, that. That you guys said it's it's definitely misleading. I don't have a problem with 
these kind of bundles on principle that don't come with the game, but the the price of them and uh, the the naming convention they use for them is definitely up for debate. It should be, uh, you know, the price should reflect the fact it doesn't come for the, with the game, and it should be very clear that it's like uh, basically shit you can buy or uh, accessories pack and not uh, not an actual version yeah, of the game. But, I agree. Yeah, I don't know, Justin. What do you what did you think of the trailer, man? I'm really excited. I'm so excited. Uh, um, I, I deeply, deeply love these games. They're some of my favorite games of all time. Uh, and I think the remaster job they've done looks phenomenal. I think they they've done a really good job updating the visuals and everything. Um, it's, it's only it a, sounds it's not like they're out on next gen, huh? It's like old gen PS4. So it sounds like it's gonna be like. So some games are kind of enhanced, but not like. A native version so like yeah, yeah. like like with like god of war this week and like days gone and stuff and like ghost of tsushima those have modes that work on ps5 it's aware that it's running on a ps5 but they are not native ps5 games they're still running in the backwards compatibility mode and it si- kind of sounds like it's going to be that they um, put out this. a really but, weird I mean, press release about yeah it's it. a it's a weird statement i also think it might that statement might have just been we'll do it if we have time, but we don't know if we'll have time kind of thing. Um, but, um, but I mean, it's a 4K 60 completely remastered version of all three Mass Effect games. Um, and it sounds like they're doing, you know, some nice changes to the gameplay of the first Mass Effect, which, which needs it. Um, but I am, oh, I am so excited to go back and play these games again. Um, and have them all in one package and like be able to easily carry stuff between them, um, easily play them on a modern platform. I'm just, I cannot tell you how excited I am for this. Um, and it was super awesome seeing so many people um, that's, that feel the same way. I want to know how many people I know are going to be doing like, oh, I'm going to be streaming the Mass Effect trilogy playthrough. Like, I, I feel like almost everybody I know that does any kind of streaming is going to be doing, it's gonna be a is going to be doing commodity. that once this hits. It's going to be a hot like, this commodity. Is, like, this almost feels like well, it, a relaunch what... of the series um, in a way. And it... I'm, I'm so excited uh, to get my hands on this. It's a, it's a good game to stream because if you have a big audience, you can have your audience yeah. make the choices for you. So, um, so, and also another thing that is exciting is that people have been asking for a lot of remasters out of EA for a while. Yeah, um, and EA's been like the one major publisher that's really dragged their heels on it. Um, they really have avoided doing remasters too often, and they've done a couple like very bare bones ones, but it's not been like the major games people have requested, and they haven't done a lot of work on them. And I think this will also be like, hey, EA, especially stuff from the PS3 360 era, um, EA released a lot of amazing, amazing games during that generation. And I would, I, that I would easily pay money for a remaster or re-release of and i hope this kind of shows ea like hey some of your old ips are worth re-releasing and revisiting um instead of you know they've been kind of in a weird funk the past few years and i'd like i'd like to see them realize kind of the value that some of these games have that's what i was that's what i was going to bring up and i want to i want to kick this question over to over to brit or jeff um it's not like people haven't been begging for Mass Effect remasters for years, right? 
And, you know, that has to be probably the most requested remastered franchise that, that, that I have seen. And there are other, there are other franchises like, like uh, Knights of the Old Republic that people have been begging for. Um, like Justin said, they, they have got a catalog of, a catalog of franchises that people would pay good money for in droves to play on current gen systems. My question Dead is Space. Dead Space is another one. I'm fucking begging for a Dead Space remaster. I never actually played um, Dead Space. Oh, Brit, you're it's missing good. out. You'd like it. Yeah, you're missing out. Dead Space is top tier horror, especially when you're talking about Dead Space 2 is one of the best horror games I've ever played. Um, my question is, why is it taking so long just to get Mass Effect? I mean, forget the rest of their other numerous popular franchises for a minute. Why has it taken them so long to get something as 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 universally desired as Mass Effect out when they know there's money to be made on it? Why? I can't I can't figure that out. I mean it's like uh the easy answer is just that it takes effort and time and someone has to make the ports. <laughs> uh and I guess you know they they've been so laser focused on their bigger franchises like FIFA and battlefield and and stuff like that that um uh, it probably just wasn't a priority i'm sure it's been on their backlog for a long time um got to focus on anthem man yeah i don't know i uh, i wanted to weigh in on the game a little bit i don't please uh i i feel like i'm always like the cynical person but um (laughs) i i have two thoughts on the remaster like it is fantastic that people can play these games again on modern hardware um they look at least as good as they they did like nothing can take away from how special those games were so i think it's great that they're going to be available again that they're being released but at the same time they are a remaster so i feel like it's valid to kind of um pull up the microscope a little bit and you know the bar is very high for remasters these days we've had some really good remasters and i'll be honest i need to see more like i wasn't that impressed from the trailer uh granted i i played these games on pc but they basically look very, very similar. Um, obviously, one looks a little bit different, but a lot of the difference that I could see, uh, you know, the textures are maybe a little bit sharper, but uh, it's a lot of it is artistic, and I think that's going to actually be very controversial. Um, the Halo remasters, Halo 1 and 2 Anniversary, were very controversial because they changed a lot of the color tone and a lot of the, like, things that were very dark and gritty were kind of brighter and yellower and stuff like that, and... I don't know, just a couple of the smallest bits we saw, like Mass Effect 1, it really does change the atmosphere and the mood of certain areas. Like, they're a little bit more yellow. They got more lens flare and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's a technical upgrade for sure. I just, I would not be surprised if you're going to see some very split opinions on whether it's an improvement or not. I, that's, oh, Brit- Brittany, go ahead. You look like you wanted to say something. Um, I was just going to say, I think uh, for some reason, these big companies also have a hard time keeping codes and data of old game, because isn't there a part of a DLC of Mass Effect 2 that's not going to be included? Uh, that's ex- Mass Effect 1. It's Pinnacle oh, it? Station. Okay. Uh, yeah. Which, f- thankfully, it's Pinnacle Station, because Pinnacle Station sucks. But uh, yeah, they're actually not able to include it because they lost the source code for it. Um, so yeah, like, yeah, like, why I think, like, they probably put it on the back burner for some time. It's like, well, this is we dodged, yeah, we still got to we dodged a bullet with which one it ended up being. Um, if there was any that had to get cut, it was Pinnacle Station. So I'm glad, I'm glad it was that one and not like some of the really, not like 
you know, the Shadow Broker DLC from Mass Effect 2 or something. I was, was so um, I was going to mention well, and, that. And, like, and the multiplayer isn't included, but, um, which is a bummer. Sorry, John, I'm just going to add one more. No, please. Fun. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and the, the other thing is, it's not like a PS3 remaster, uh, like, where you just port it, like, you know, where you port it to PS3 and Xbox 360. Like, they got to fucking port this game to PS4, PS4 Pro, Xbox One, Xbox Series X. And then also make sure it works backwards compatible on PS5, on Xbox Series X, on Xbox. Like, you know, so there, there's that uh, aspect of it, too. It's it was probably a lot of just I'm sure it wouldn't be surprised if the game was like done a year ago and they've just spent a long ass time, like testing the shit out of it. Make sure it works on 10 different platforms. And also, yeah. they don't want to get this wrong. Like, I think if you're the ones that are remastering the Mass Effect trilogy, uh, you straight up don't want to screw up. Yeah, look right. at the launch of Mass Effect 3. Yikes. Well, and like... I, and Andromeda. I, I was going to say that uh, when I watched the trailer for the re- for the remastered trilogy, my first thought was, uh, did they bring J.J. Abrams in to consult on this? Because holy shit, these lens flares... Like that's okay. That's, Mass Effect always had yeah, but, those lens yeah, but players. I mean they were really, really, oh, like really exaggerated the, here. Like it, I, it, it did have lots, but like every single before and after comparison I saw so far is just adding more lens flare. I mean, yeah, like it's it's a it's you know Mass Effect a J.J. Abrams production. Um, not that there's anything wrong with lens flares. I'm just I'm just like wow. It works um, for Mass Effect. I dig it. It does. Yeah, absolutely. It's it it vibes with that aesthetic. Um, and you know, Sam said something in chat that is accurate. You know, Bioware kind of can't afford to screw up right now. Um, they just can't. Absolutely. I mean, look at Andromeda. Like they can't fuck up on another Mass Effect series, right? Yeah. Like. Yep. And uh, I personally enjoyed Andromeda. I thought it was not as bad as people. It's made fine. It it's fine. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, but fine. Doesn't cut it for that series, right? But what's interesting about Andromeda is that I know I, I never played it, but but I know people who did, and when they finished it, they would look at me and say, "That was cool. I would have rather just played the original trilogy." And 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 that's when I was really that's when I really started thinking like, yeah, why haven't we seen the original trilogy remastered yet? I mean, I'm glad that I'm glad that is that's being corrected now, but it really took a long time to kick this out of the door. And there's one there's one console that is notably excluded and that is the Switch. Here Although, we go. I, I I do think I I think I mean, I'm not going to I mean, I'm I'm not going to play the remaster period. Um, but I I do think I do think it'll probably hit the Switch one day. Um I mean, Mass Effect 3 released on the Wii U, so Did it really? The, yeah. No so shit. I, I I yeah, no there's idea. a Wii U version of Mass Effect 3. Why? Uh, so I, mean, I forgot about the Wii U, but yes, there was a Mass Effect what? on it. Why? Yeah, like, so I, I, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be 4K60, but I, I do think they, if they really cared, I have to imagine the games, you know, they look fundamentally uh, the same as the originals. I have to think yeah. they, could, they could actually get it on Switch. If they I wanted. mean, I'm sure, it, I'm sure it could run on Switch. And the way that yeah, software is selling I, I on Switch right just, now. It pro it probably would just need extra work for that yeah. version, and they want to make sure that the other versions, where it's going to do really really well, are you know up to snuff before they do a Switch version. I I don't I think it'll probably eventually come to Switch. It, it but, probably um, will, but honestly, Justin, like the more I think about it, like you know the the crowd that is going to buy uh, Mass Effect Remastered 
if they own a PS5 and an Xbox and a Switch or any combination of those with a Switch, I mean, honestly, they're not going to buy it on Switch. They're going to buy it on PS5 or Xbox. See, um, the story I got. From I mean, last I would buy it on. Is that everyone's going to buy Switch. everything on Switch because <laughs> yeah. they want to play Mass Effect on the toilet? Like everything sells like crazy on Switch. Yeah, I don't for, know. It's... For the most part, it does. But I mean, look. I mean, how did I mean? romance liara but i mean how did how did doom sell on the switch i mean like like i mean it sold it's sold mm. fine it's like a, a bit of a different market but i don't know i think there's a lot of third party i think i don't know how did witcher do on switch that might be a good comparison i, I mean the witcher really actually well. sold fairly pretty well on switch really like, well like big, like big rpg like to me that's a pretty good comparison i think the market for that is the same well, and I also don't. I don't think that Mass Effect would have to make the kind of uh, visual sacrifices that that the that you know Witcher Three had to make to to cram itself onto the Switch. Um, so I don't know. It'll be interesting. Like I don't expect it to come out anytime. If it does hit the Switch, I don't expect it to come out anytime soon. Um, what? It, I got a question. Okay. What is going to age the worst in this series, and why is it Miranda? <laughs> I was gonna Miranda say the, I don't know. I think when the game launched, like I th- no, I think it's I think it's Edie. Uh, oh more yeah, so than Miranda. Oh, yeah, gotta have that sexy robot. Oh my god! I actually oh god. so I'm gonna confess something here. I never finished Mass Effect Three, and part of the reason was I was so taken aback at Edie as a sexy robot that I was like, you know. I was like, this this is kind of taking me out of it. <laughs> like, what, you, did, you didn't like the robot with a camel toe, John? Yeah, I, yeah. I oh, why did you? Why did, you didn't have to go there. <laughs> have you seen that design? Yes, Justin. I, I played the game. I've seen the design. I, I played this entire oh. game and I forgot about this character. I'm looking at it now and fucking yikes. Yeah, I. You know. People had their problems with the with the game's endings. I had my problems with. I was like, so y'all y'all just gonna ignore this, huh? Like, and didn't didn't Joker actually end up sl- like like sleeping with Edie? Like like isn't that the thing that happened to the game? Like him and Edie hooked up. Him and Edie yeah. were like, yeah, I don't. Know yeah, they were like, like an actual couple, but they were a couple, <laughs> and then she um, they were a couple before she became like into a body i don't remember that but that's cool uh, blaine and chad just pointed out that jessica chobot is in the game as well yeah she's that journalist i forgot about that and you can actually romance her too which is which is great i guess but but yeah i i like they're, they're, forgot about that i forgot yeah, about that yeah. yeah she was a yeah she was she was in there for some reason um yeah you know like i uh you know i i i loved mass effect 2 I thought Mass Effect 1 was fine. I did not finish Mass Effect 3. Um, I know how the game ends because I just looked it up on YouTube. But I See, Mass Effect 2 was my least favorite because it's almost like the, the decisions you make in that game, no matter if your crew dies or not, like doesn't really impact 3, right? Like Because they don't really make a return. Like You get additional mm-hmm. dialogue with them, but... I don't know. I think it's I think it's funny that they just introduced this whole brand new team and then we're like, mm, no, we're going to go back to the original team. I will say I think we can all agree uh, that the elusive man is probably one of the most well-written and acted villains in the entire medium. Until um, three. Yes. Uh, yeah. Like like. Th- yeah. But like like that's true. Like he's he just kind of he turned into more of a cardboard cutout of a villain in, in Mass Effect three. I agree. 
Um, but but man, like you could tell that um, you could tell that uh, I I know the voice actor and I'm totally blanking on his name because I'm tired and it's getting late. Martin but Sheen. Martin Sheen, Jesus Christ! Like how the fuck do I forget that? Uh, you could tell that Martin Sheen had a blast playing the elusive man. I read so he doesn't smoke. The elusive man does, and I read that he actually sucked on a pen while he was recording his voice lines to simulate the sound of of the elusive man smoking a cigarette which i think is really really cool um but yeah like when is the game release again when is the trilogy uh apparently i couldn't find the release when how did it get delayed was there a release date it was march and then i went to may didn't it did they say when did the may date come from i didn't see it in the trailer it's, it's the week after resident evil village Ooh. That's a uh, that's an interesting time. That's an interesting time to launch. Like like those that's a tall glass of water right there. Yeah, those are and and I'm talking like you know I'm not talking about Resident Evil. I'm talking about Mass Effect. Like the popularity of of Resident Evil is at an all time high. That's an interesting time to to drop a remaster. Like I don't care if it's Mass Effect. Mass Effect is gonna do just. I mean I'm just sure fine. I'm sure it'll do fine. But but it's gonna. No, that collection is going to sell stupid. Oh, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. It's just, it's just an interesting, it's just an interesting choice. I mean, I, I'm going to go for Resident Evil, but I'm not a huge Mass Effect fan. Um, so, and like, I do want to play Mass Effect two again, but I'm not willing to pay for the whole trilogy in order to just play because I know I won't replay one or three. Um, so, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm happy that everybody's excited. I'm glad everybody is getting, uh a remaster of a trilogy that they've been asking for for years and years and years. Let's just hope we see more, like Justin said, let's hope we see more uh, great EA uh, franchises uh, brought back in remaster form, whether it's, you know, Knights of the Old Republic or Dead Space or, I mean, shit, Justin, what else is there, man? Like, I mean, I, I know there's more. Dragon Age. Uh, people, Dragon Age, like... Dra- a Dragon Age collection would, would be fuck, so that, good. Yeah, that would sell uh, quite a bit. Need Underground. Oh, need um, speed. Yes, yeah, that's another one. Speed. Battlefield like, Bad Company. Yeah, they were, Company they, they were working oh, God, on I a would, remaster, weren't they? And they canned it. I would love a remaster yeah. of Bad Company. That game was fucking great. Um, war, you know, first person shooter. Uh, for like like war games usually aren't my thing, but Battlefield Bad Company. I love the humor in that game. Um, uh, Army of Two was another one uh, I saw in chat. Wow. Uh, I mean, Kane that, and Lynch. Kane and Lynch. <laughs> no, I think I think I think we're good on Kane and Lynch. I think uh I never played that. I only heard the stories. But um was uh The Darkness wasn't an EA game, was it? I don't know. Was the Darkness EA? Know. That's another one I'm surprised. All I, all I know is that I'm gonna play Mass Effect and I'm gonna enjoy it, but I'm gonna fucking hate watching all the females and their curves and just be over sexualized like i'm gonna enjoy it but i'm also gonna be like god fucking damn it i i think one of the most cowardly things i saw last gen brit was like when they finally revealed uh a tully's face it was just like i was expecting like this exotic looking alien right like she like she's an alien right and and they just took a a stock photo of a model from the internet and slap and like tinted it pinkish purple and slapped it in a picture frame on the fucking do you remember that and people went to the internet and found that picture and they were like okay so you took a shutterstock photo of some model 
and just stuck her in a picture frame next to Shepard's bed. Like, come on, guys. Like, <laughs> I mean, what are you doing? Uh, anyway, I think yeah. so. so we, we've actually gone uh, a little bit over our time here. Um, does anybody have anything else that they would like to bring up before we start wrapping up here? Video games are good. They're fine. Video gonna... games are good. You guys are wonderful. Our community is wonderful. Our community is fucking great. Um, I would that. love to have a show just talking about how great the community is. Maybe we should do that next week. We should. We should. We should have a community appreciation day. You know we what? We should. We should do that next week for for next week's episode. Let's do a community appreciation episode. That's long overdue. We should hash out the details offline. We yeah, no, we should we should plan this more in advance instead of it just being No, uh, next week. We're doing No, I'm just kidding. Um but but that that is something we'll, that is we'll something. We'll do it eventually. We'll make an announcement about it when we're actually we'll doing it and when we can actually plan it right instead of just at the at the end of an episode just be like, "Hey, let's do this." That is something uh. that, that 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 is something that that is long overdue though. Is is mm-hmm. kind of doing an episode talking about our community because I do believe that we have built one of the one of the best communities uh in gaming like if you like if you look in the discord everybody is just so supportive of each other there's not a single person in the discord that i think um doesn't mesh well and and yeah like thank you rar for throwing the uh for, for throwing the link in chat there um yeah absolutely yeah i i and i i would not have made it through 2020 i don't think uh intact without uh our community without this podcast without all of you um and uh brit you were gonna say something. so many so many people say thank in you this... justin because justin was the one oh. that originally posted it before uh, uh oh i didn't see that okay sorry <laughs> <laughs> sorry um, about that so many people in this community have helped me out with so many things the the past month for me has been very difficult and a lot of people in our community have reached out to me or been willing to um, speak with me about certain things and really helped me through a lot um, on top of the core crew of the show who are really, really good friends. So, like, the fact that we have a, such a kind, caring community that's willing to reach out to each other just means the world to me. And we're really, really proud of the people that assembled like, in our discord and we have in our chats and yeah. um engaging with us and we're just so happy that you're all here <laughs> i think the biggest thing that i love about our community and then we can wrap it up after this is that i can disappear for a certain amount of time and i come back in and people aren't like where were you you were gone for so long it's just like oh brit's here hey like come join us in this conversation you know it's like Nobody ever guilts you for leaving. Nobody ever makes you feel bad if, like, you're just going through some shit and you don't have the energy to, like, you know, put into talking to people. So, I don't know. I just love and appreciate you guys. I will say that, um, I will say that a lot of content creators, um, a lot of content, a lot of, like, like, if you see, like, whenever conventions happen again, because they'll start back up at some point, um, if you see us there walking around, please come up and say hi. Um, you know, some content creators, uh, don't do that, but, but if you see me, I mean, I don't want to speak for anybody else in the podcast, but if you see me walking around, please come up and say, hi, I want to meet you. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to meet you. I want to shake your hand. Uh, and, and thank you personally for all the support you've given us, uh, over the past few years. And we're going to keep on going in 2021. We have a lot of good stuff planned. Justin, you and Derek are recording some good content this weekend. Do you want to mention that real quick? Oh uh, yeah. I mentioned it earlier. Oh, we you are did? going to okay. be, uh, 
we're going to be going in depth on 13 Sentinels, and I'm That's really, right. okay. really excited uh, to talk about that one because both of us really loved that game. Spoiler <laughs> for how the review is going to go, but there's a lot to talk about and a lot to unpack, and I think people should check that game out. So I'm really looking forward to going over that. And uh, don't forget, uh, episode one of Dual Daddies with me and Finn Dual is Daddies. now Dual Daddies is now on uh, is now on all major podcast services, and that is something that Finn and I will be recording every Sunday and releasing every Wednesday. Uh, and we've got our first guest lined up. It's actually going to be Amanda Farrow uh, is going to Ooh. come on Dual Daddies. It's going to be Dual Daddies and One Mom, and uh, we are going to talk about all that good uh, video game child rear and stuff. Brittany, you should come on on Dual Daddies. I should. You should absolutely. I have a child. I am, you do have a child. I'm qualified. Absolutely, you are qualified to be barely, but you no, you're qualified to be a dual it. daddy. You're you're qualified. Absolutely, come on. I am daddy. Move over. Mm. Um. Anyway, <laughs> confidence in that. Statement. Yeah, that was way too confident. Um. That's all the time we have for tonight. Uh. I love my community and my podcast family. I almost don't want to end the podcast, but I do. Because I've got to go grind. Uh, I've got to go grind. Uh, grind Sky uh, Skywalker scripts in Final Fantasy fourteen, so I can buy some some pants for my character. Because that's you go get those pants. John. That's what I do. That's what we do in in, in MMOs. That's what we, we call in normal people. As I got to go work so I can afford food. And we got to go. I got to go grind <laughs> scripts so I can buy so I can buy pants with cool cool cargo cargo pockets and complete my uh, complete my machinist glam. So that's what I'm going to go do. Everybody have a good night. Take care of each other. And remember, kindness indeed costs nothing. We will see you good night, everyone. next week.